Hey guys, welcome to episode eight of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. How's it going guys, Jeff Leifert here. We're gonna continue where we left off in a little bit at the end of last episode, talking about the trade deadline. A lot more happened after we uh, after we finished recording, so there's a bunch more trades to bring you guys. But first we're gonna update you guys on the NHL rookies right now, how they're doing, and uh, then get into some trade. It should be a good episode. Yeah, there's already a lot of talk about um, rookie of the year right now, and uh, especially with this Quid Hughes and Kale McCarr debate, you see it every single day on uh, some major network. So uh, definitely going to talk about it, give you our point of views on the subject. Yeah, it's one of those races where, I mean, it's a both very young defensemen, uh, both putting up very impressive offensive numbers and sound defensive numbers. Uh, McCarr is a plus 10 on the season, while Quinn Hughes is a minus 5, and it's not like Quinn Hughes is really on a bad team. Vancouver's obviously, you know, alive in that race to the Pacific, along with a lot of teams in that division. But, uh... Regardless of Hughes' 51 points in 62 games, I still think that in 45, 45 points in 54 games for McCarr and his all-around defensive play, uh, his ability to control the, the pace of play and all that, I think he's been the most impressive rookie. And uh, if I had to vote right now, my vote still goes to him. Uh, yeah, I believe uh, it's the same for me too. I mean, McCarr um, with 54 games played and 45 points, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he catches Quinn Hughes in points this year with eight less games uh, to end the season. Uh, and definitely, he just watching him play, he just controls uh, all three zones when he has the puck. It's crazy to watch. And uh, I believe, um, even though they're both going to be great defensemen for their whole career, uh, and Quinn Hughes could uh, could definitely have a better career than him. But Kale McCarr this year, I believe, has been the top-notch uh, rookie defenseman. Yeah, uh, definitely agree with that. One Another guy that's definitely worth noting is uh, Dominic Kubelik in Chicago. He actually recorded his first career hat trick last night. It was his 29th goal of the season. So uh, 29 goals in 62 games for this kid that uh, I didn't know much about coming to the year. And uh, I don't think anyone expected this sign of awesome offensive production from him. But uh, he's having an unbelievable season. And uh, even though Chicago Blackhawks aren't great, uh, Blackhawks fans have to be very pleased with this kid and uh, excited for the future. Yeah, definitely. If I was a Blackhawks fan, I'd be really excited, even because just because they missed the playoffs uh, in the last couple of years and uh, they've been losing a lot of their core that they won that Stanley Cup with. And just people are getting a lot older on that team. So having a guy like him come in and step up and play the minutes he does and score the goals he does, uh, it's a great look for their future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you were told me at the start of the year that a, a Blackhawks rookie would be up there in a scoring race, I think most people would assume it was Kirby Doc, third overall uh, in this past summer's draft. But uh, Kubalik's been unbelievable for them. Uh, another rookie that's on a very good goal-scoring streak or goal-scoring pace who we talked about already in previous episodes is Victor Olofsson in Buffalo. Uh, again, not on a great team. Buffalo can never seem to keep a steady season together. Uh, he missed some time with injury. He's got 19 goals in 48 games, but uh, uh, very impressive. And just, you, you notice him a lot when he's out there watching Sabres games, which is the most important thing you can really say about a player, I think. Uh, stats obviously speak for themselves, and number good numbers are good numbers. But when you watch a game and you say, every time you watch a Sabres game, you notice him do something out there, it's a, it's a good sign. Yeah, I heard an interview with Jack Eichel talking about him. And, um, Eichel... Michael said to the guy that he can score from anywhere. He's never seen anyone like it. Uh, the way he can shoot the puck, on like especially that one-timer, uh, he says like he's going to be a career guy with that. 
and uh, he doesn't see many like many rookies like that be able to step in the league and uh, score from where he scores from. Uh, another guy I feel like mentioning real quick is Dennis Gurianov in Dallas. Uh, absolute rocket of a shot great offensive ability but he's just one of those players that needs to I think smarten up a little in his D zone I've seen him make a couple costly turnovers he had one a couple weeks ago in overtime I'm not even sure it was against off the top of my head to be honest but uh, he turned it over they went down and scored so uh, I'd say works needs to work on his 200 foot game a lot but uh, Darius Gurianov has been very impressive with 19 goals in 59 games for Dallas Anytime a rookie gets up with like around 20 goals, which I'm sure he will get uh, in the last few games of the season, um, it's pretty impressive. Impressive. I uh, don't see many rookies doing that anymore. So uh, he's had a very good year on a Dallas team that is pretty good, and they will. Uh, it seems like they will make the playoffs this year. So um, yeah, excited for Dallas fans, and uh, he should be a great player. Moving down the list here, you gotta continue to to mention Jack Hughes and Capo Caco. Hughes has recorded 21 points. Through 55 games, Kako has 20 through 59. Uh, both of these guys are still not living up to expectations. I guess you could say they're both young. They're both 18. It's really you really don't want to put too much pressure on them to be putting up 60 point seasons at this point in their career. But I think everyone expected a little bit more at least from both of these guys. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't been watching that many Devils games lately. They're out of the playoff race. They're not really playing meaningful games. So I've been watching other games and having opportunities to. Uh, as far as Kako goes, I think he's actually looked better. The points aren't coming, uh, but he's beginning to play with more and more confidence. So uh, I- I'm not saying he's going to break out and you know score 20 points the last 20 games on the stretch or anything like that, but uh, I think his play has been better, and it's it's a good sign at least for Rangers fans. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, talking about Jack Hughes, um I knew I I think I said something like I didn't think he's gonna be the greatest player his first year just because uh, he's so small and um, he's it doesn't I don't think he's there he's not built for the NHL quite yet um, I think he's still got a couple more years so we still start seeing him put up like eighty points eighty point seasons and with Capo Caco um, yeah he has he also had a lot of promise coming to this year hasn't been the best season for him point wise um, and both of them are sitting at. Well, one's a minus 23 and the other one's a minus 22, so uh, it's not a great look for them. But if you would tell me that Capo Caco would not have the most points as a rookie on the Rangers this year, I'd be pretty shocked. Um, But Adam Fox, defenseman on the Rangers with 34 points this year, is a plus 19. Uh, That's a very good season, even though he's kind of shadowed by um, Quinn Quinn Hughes and uh, uh, Kale McCarr. Yeah, exactly. I think Adam Fox is a guy that's definitely not been getting enough talk. And uh, even on this show, we haven't really mentioned him that much. But uh, he's having a great season. Uh, Seven goals, 27 assists, 34 points, plus 19, which leads all rookies. Uh, And it's not even the numbers for me that's the most impressive thing. Uh, When I watch Fox, the thing I'm most impressed about is maturity level. He never seems to, you know, get rattled or rushed with the puck. He's just so calm and poised back there. Just so smart making that first pass. He plays in the Rangers' second power play unit. Uh, He's he's such such a well-rounded defenseman at such a young age. And I think the sky is the limit for this kid. He's going to be good in this league for a very long time to come. All right, well, we'll move on to... um talk about the trade deadline a little more two of the biggest names out there in trade talks at the deadline chris Kreider and kyle palmieri both stayed put uh neither of them were moved i guess the uh the devils didn't like the return he got for palmieri he's locked up for one more year with an avv of 4.6 mil 
Uh, as far as Chris Kreider goes, the Rangers actually did extend him seven-year contract with an AVV of 6.5 mil. So uh, good on the Rangers with that extension done. Palmieri's got one more year left. So if the Devils still have the option of trading him with the draft or potentially next deadline or maybe even re-upping with him, who knows? But uh, those are two of the biggest names, and they both stayed put uh, where they are right now. Yeah, with the Palmieri situation, I mean, um, he is having a great season this year, so maybe the Devils are thinking uh, this offseason before the tra- uh, before the draft, they can maybe trade him to a team, get some better draft picks, or they can uh, re-sign him, and he'll be part of their fu- a future for them. So um, we'll see where that goes with them. And then, obviously, Chris Crowder, yeah, the biggest name that was on the trading block uh, last week. Um, he stayed with the Rangers, and um, the Rangers are loving what he's doing right now. So, and they're in a good situation, so they want to keep their team together as much as they can, and uh, make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, might as well get into the trades now. The first biggest trade to go down was uh, Andre Kasha going over to Boston in exchange for David Backus, Axel Anderson, and a 2020 first-round pick. And the Bruins will retain 25% of Backus's salary. Uh, Jeff, I know you're a Bruins fan, so I'll really I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually love this trade for Boston just because getting rid of David Backus, who had another year on his contract, um, is absolutely huge. Opens up a lot of space. I think they're only keeping about a million dollars worth of his salary, which um, is really nothing when you think about it. And uh, they open up. It gives them room to hopefully sign uh, Tory Krug uh, this offseason. And uh, it looks great for them. And Cash, I mean, he's, I think I believe he's 24 years old. Uh, he's played with David Pasternak in the in the past. Uh, I'm not sure he won't be playing with Pasternak this season, but I mean, he will be, he will be playing with his uh, fellow countryman David Krejci uh, on the second line. It looks like, and uh, hopefully he helps the Bruins uh, just get that extra edge to win the Stanley Cup this year because last year was very disappointing. Yeah, exactly. I know the Bruins were really. But they've been looking for a while to move back, just get rid of that contract. They finally found a suitor, and uh, they get a guy who still has another year left at Andre Kasha. You know, not a not a pending UFA. He's got one more year at two point six on the AVV, so it's a it's a good deal for another season for them. And uh, I think if you're a Bruins fan, you'd be happy with the trade. There is one more thing to mention. Uh, the Bruins uh, did send over uh, Axel Anderson, a pretty promising defensive prospect. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that was uh, just a a throw in. Because taking David back his contract is a pretty big favor that the Ducks did, and the Bruins also like they have a great defenseman coming up, uh, including like uh, Vakaninen and uh, Jeremy Lauzon, who has played a couple games this year and looks great. And uh, their defensive core is pretty strong as it is, so sending him that way isn't really a big deal for the Bruins. Uh, but yeah, just getting rid of that David back his contract was uh, definitely the biggest part and something they've been looking to do. I think the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't think they generally wanted to part ways with Anderson and a first, but uh, he said it was a bad contract. They got a guy that's going to help them down the stretch this year. They were in desperate need of a second-line winger to play with Krejci and DeBrusque. They got that, and uh, they have him for another year also. So I think it's uh, I think the price was a little steep, but it, it, it could be worth it in the long haul. Next trade worth noting is the Winnipeg Jets acquired forward Cody Egan from the Las Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a 2021 conditional fourth-round pick. The pick will become a third-rounder if the Jets make the playoffs or if they re-sign Egan. So uh, I'm not sure if the re-signing Egan thing will happen, but the Jets are definitely in position to make the playoffs right now. It's definitely not a guarantee, but uh, uh, I definitely could see them getting in. 
All right, so Jets fans, uh, they're definitely probably a little worried about their team. Uh, I know they're crazy. They're a crazy fan base up there, and they would love to make the playoffs every single year. Uh, it's also just really good for the NHL. But yeah, they definitely have some defensive issues, and uh, they tried to take care of that uh, this trade deadline. But we'll see if it works uh, for them. Um, and that's pretty much all I have on them. Do you have anything else? I said, yeah, it's a it's a depleted back end. It's really just not as good as as. They had hoped it was nowhere near as good as it was a couple years ago. Uh, obviously, they acquired DeMello uh, a couple days before the deadline. We talked about that already. But, yeah, it's a, it's a depleted back end. And I'm pretty sure they're just out of a wild card spot right now. I think they're, they're you know, the one spot out. But uh, uh, anything that happened down the stretch should be an exciting run. I think Eakin definitely uh, helps, their, helps their depth. He'll probably slide in the two or three center role. And uh, I said, it's not, not giving up all that much for it. I do like the move. Moving on now, we have a very interesting trade. I was somebody that thought he could get a lot more of a return. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk going over to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a 2020 third-round pick. I thought he could get probably a second-round pick, maybe a third or, and a prospect, something like that. But uh, they were able to, Caps were able to acquire him for just a third. He's obviously not as fast as he used to be, not as quick as he used to be, but uh, I think the goal-scoring ability is still there. He's got a rocket of a shot. He'll be playing with one of his best friends in Alexander Ovechkin. They've played together in international tournaments, stuff like that before. Uh, I, I like the trade. It's it's a low-risk move for them. And uh, as far as Montreal goes, you sign the guy to the minimum and you flip him for a third. I think you had you got to consider that a win. Yeah, as for uh, the Kovalchuk trade, I mean, um, I do like it for Montreal more than I like it for the Capitals. Uh, pretty much just because Montreal, they've signed up for nothing and now they're getting a pick for him. So um, that's pretty impressive. They've done that now twice this season where they've traded for a player then got more back for what they uh, acquired him for. So that's huge for them, I think, uh, especially because um, it would probably take a miracle for them to make the playoffs this year, even though uh, what's happening the Leafs and the Panthers, anything can happen. But yeah, for Kovalchuk, I mean, he's going to be probably a third-line guy in, uh, in Washington, and he's also... Um, I don't know if he'll get any power play time because Ovechkin uh, pretty much hogs all two minutes of it. So um, we'll we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna be a game changer for the Capitals at all. And um, the few, first few games he's played in, uh, I haven't seen anything too good about him just because um, he is older and uh, he's just uh, he's slower than he used to be. He's not the same player. So, but for Montreal, it was a very very good trade, I believe. Next trade to go on is the Edmonton Oilers acquired defenseman Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings for forward Kyle Brodziak and a conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, I actually like this trade a lot. Uh, Mike Green still shows signs of what he used to be. I'm not saying he is that player, but uh, he's got offensive ability still. He can move the puck very well, and the Oilers were in desperate need of a puck-moving defenseman. Uh, he'll come in, probably, probably quarterback that second power play to start. And uh, I said the the you didn't give up awfully uh, way too much for him or anything like that. So uh, I like the move. He is a UFA at the end of this year. So if they don't like what they see from him, they don't have to bring him back. But uh, I, I like the move. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Mike Green, uh, he probably loves going to a team that's contending for uh, the playoffs, as Edmonton is. And uh, just leaving Detroit, I think everyone wants to get out of there uh, as fast as possible because uh, I do not see them competing for the playoffs. And, probably within like the next three, four years even. So I really feel bad for like guys like Dylan Larkin on that team that have to suffer through that. But yeah, Mike Green, um, he's had a lot of promise throughout his career. He's, made, uh, he's been a very good defenseman on, on a couple teams. So yeah, it's definitely good for Everton. They need a guy like that. And um, hopefully it boosts them out with, as well as with a couple other moves they made at the deadline. 
Uh, moving on to the next trade, the Colorado Avalanche acquired forward Vlad Nemestikov for a fourth-round pick from Ottawa, which I think is a great deal. Uh, I know he used to play with Stankos and Kucherov, but that year before he was dealt from Tampa Bay, he was printing up almost a point-per-game pace with those guys. Uh, very underrated offensive talent, I think, from Nemestikov, and I think he could have uh, he could have withdrawn more than a fourth rounder for sure. So Colorado has to love that return. He's a, he's a depth forward ad that uh, I wouldn't say that desperately need, but you can never have too many depth guys, and uh, he helps for sure. Yeah, I believe this might be my favorite pick, uh, my favorite trade of the deadline. Uh, it's going Colorado's favor just because um, uh, they give nothing away from a fourth round pick in the NHL. It's like uh, you, re- you rarely see those guys really amount to having great NHL careers, and uh, Nemestikov, you know what he can bring to the table. And um, just that's just boosting their lineup even more. So um, Colorado fans should be very excited for him. And um, they're looking really good this year to make a run to the Stanley Cup final out of the West. Yeah, they're definitely one of the best teams in the West. Uh, Nemestikov is a UFA at the end of the year. So he does, you know, the ability to go wherever he wants at the end of the season. He could end up re in Colorado. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I like the trade. It was that we both agree it was a, a very minimal uh, return that Ottawa got, so I think they could have gotten more for him elsewhere, but I know we're not exactly sure how the market played out. Next trade, the Ottawa Senators involved again, and they're getting a stockpile of draft picks in this one. They're sending forward Jean-Gabriel Pajot over to the New York Islanders for a 2020 conditional first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional third. The 2020 first-round pick shifts to a 2021 first round pick if the Islanders pick in the top three of this year's draft which does not seem likely yeah it definitely doesn't seem likely this year uh so it pretty much is uh I believe two picks going back to Ottawa um it looks like and uh yes I mean they're just trying to stock up on draft on draft picks this year I believe they have I know they have like over 10 I think in this, this year's draft so now their team's gonna look a lot different the next couple of years so it's uh, they're just doing a fire sale right now. They're going to be a whole new team in uh, in two years' time. So uh, Ottawa fans, they got to suffer probably through a couple more seasons, but then they're looking to make a, a comeback. Yeah, exactly. I said they uh, they got a lot of picks out of that trade. Uh, I'm not. I was I was a little surprised by uh, how many picks were in return. I thought it was going to be maybe two picks and a prospect, but the third pick in there, it's, I don't know. It seems. I guess risky by Ottawa, but they're not trying to win anytime soon. They're they're doing that full slow rebuild, so so I guess they don't mind that. Uh, JG Pajo has actually scored two games in his first two games with the Islanders, so it's a good move there. And he also re-signed their uh, six-year deal for uh, five mil a year. So Islanders got a guy they're gonna keep around for a long time, and he's looked good in his first couple games there. Yeah, and I believe um, looking right now, uh, the Ottawa Senators have. As of right now, three picks in the first round, four in the second round, and another three in the third round. So uh, that's a that's unbelievable, and that's something that can change your team uh, all around. So uh, we'll see what they look like after this this year's draft. Exactly. Uh, next trade. Now, if you listen to our last episode, one of the guys that I said I had a feeling wouldn't be traded, even though he was on the board, it didn't really make much sense to me. Was Vincent Trocheck, and yet. There he goes on the move to Carolina, who's in a tight playoff race with Florida. So it's crazy to see him going from Carolina to Florida. Uh, that also happened in the Brady Shea trade. We'll talk about that. But uh, the return for him was uh, Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and uh, it's 
E2 uh, Lustradin. Not even very familiar with who that is. But uh, uh, four players in exchange for one. Obviously, Trocek's the biggest name in that deal. Uh, I do think Carolina won the trade. Uh, Trocek's a, a very underrated player with great offensive skill and still on a pretty young age. So uh, I like the trade a lot for Carolina. I'm not entirely sure what Florida was doing here. Yeah, I don't really give this trade at all. It's probably my most confused trade uh, this year because just because Florida and Carolina are technically they're battling for a playoff spot right now. And Trocek's a good young player. Uh, he's someone that I could see that possibly makes um, Team USA in uh, two years if uh, he keeps it up. But, um, yeah, don't really know what they're doing, but I guess they're going with they want to be good for the long haul, and they're taking a chance on four players uh, that could change their future. And uh, I've heard a lot about this Prisky kid, uh, and uh, he could be a real game changer for them. So we'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a notable thing to keep in mind with Trocek is he signed through the 2022 season with 4.75 mil for the ABV. So uh, they got two more years of him after this, like I said. I, uh, I do like the trade a lot for Carolina moving forward. Uh, next trade is uh, Nate Thompson going to Philly for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Uh, kind of not a major deal. Definitely gives uh, Philly a little more forward depth, but uh, nothing really worth going into that much. Yeah, I would say it helps Philly out this year, just uh, get more depth on their offensive uh, probably fourth line this year. But, uh, yeah, it's not really going to affect anyone uh, in a major way yeah the uh next trade kind of significant obviously nowhere near the player he was at one point but patrick marlu goes over to the pittsburgh penguins in exchange for a 2021 third round pick headed back to san jose uh the third rounder becomes a second rounder if pittsburgh wins the cup which is definitely looking possible they're playing very good hockey as of late uh i think i like the move for both uh, both teams Pit, uh, pittsburgh made a couple more moves we'll get into that also helped their forward depth but uh anytime you can get a veteran like marlowe uh come in you know just great role model great guy for everyone to look up to play hard kind of just been so steady his whole career so uh I like the trade for them. Uh, San Jose getting a third back. They're gonna. They're about to enter full rebuild. Uh, rebuild mode. I feel like their uh, their window is. I'd say a hundred percent closed at this point. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, they wanted to move Marlowe somewhere where he had the chance to win a Stanley Cup. Um, so it's exciting for. It's a, he must be excited. And uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, like, I mean, they don't. They're not really giving up that much. Uh, they're taking a chance on a veteran that can really help him out. And we saw that um, I, I believe he really turned around the Maple Leafs a couple of years ago. And um, it's he's hurt them ever since he left. And the, the Maple Leafs really haven't. Uh, you can see them struggling this year. Looks like they don't have any, any leadership in that locker room. Um, so uh, he could bring a lot to the locker room. And he's also played with Crosby before, uh, I believe, on the, on the world stage. So... Uh, he knows a couple guys in the room, so he should fit right in. Yeah, he was on the Olympic team back two, uh, 2010 when Crosby scored the golden goal. Actually, 10-year anniversary of that was today, so I feel like that's worth mentioning. Next trade, uh, Philadelphia, another forward depth ad. They acquired Derek Grant in exchange for Kyle Chris Colo and a 2024th round pick. Again, uh, not not too big of a move, nothing too significant happening there. Interesting move, not really too uh, too important, I'd say. I don't think Buffalo's... Gonna, gonna make the playoffs, honestly. I guess it's technically possible, but they acquire Wayne Simmons for a 2021 conditional fifth rounder that becomes a fourth if Buffalo makes the playoffs. Uh, again, uh, you're not giving up much by Buffalo, and obviously now you have the ability to potentially uh, re-sign him. He's got a... The Devils retain 50% of Simmons' salary also, worth mentioning. Uh, Wayne, apparently Wayne Simmons, I heard that he wanted to go to Buffalo, and he 
that's where he told New Jersey to trade him for a chance to win the Santa Cup. So I don't really understand that. Doesn't really make sense. So uh, yeah, it's a weird trade. And Buffalo also traded away a bunch of players this year as well. So it's not like they got they didn't really get any better this trade deadline. So it doesn't really make sense for me. Yeah, very very interesting. Not exactly sure the uh, the thought process behind that, but. Uh... Regardless, it's not our job to figure out why, just to report it. Uh, next trade is Nick Ritchie going over to Boston for forward Danton Heinen. Uh, Jeff, I said another Bruins trade. I'll, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, this trade, uh, it's a little weird for me. I mean, Danton Heinen uh, is, hasn't been the best player offensively that I think the Bruins thought he was going to be, especially because when he was in college, he uh, was all out. and He's a great goal scorer. Hasn't really uh, mounted that in the NHL. But I mean... Um, Richie um, is coming up from Anaheim. I do, I, he has more goals and more points than Heinen does this year, and he's also a cheaper uh, cap hip. So um, not a horrible play uh, trade by the Brewers, I think, and he does have another year on his contract. So uh, And uh, last night he did a, he did get two points in the second game with the Bruins this season. So um, hopefully he can keep it up um, and uh, help us in the playoffs. Next, we have back-to-back two Edmonton Oilers trades. The first one, they acquire forward Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan Kuffner from Detroit in exchange for forward Sam Gagne, a 2020 second and a 2021 second. I think this trade is good for both teams. Uh, Athanasiu is a UFA. You had a feeling he wasn't going back to Detroit, so they're able to get a decent return for him. Gagne is a veteran. I don't think he'll be there for long, but definitely can help mentor the young guys while he's there. They get two seconds out of it. Uh, Athens CU is absolutely blazing speed. He's someone that would be very cool to watch play with Connor McDavid. You don't know how the Lions are going to exactly work out there, but uh, I think it's a good trade for both teams. Yeah, I mean, the Oilers finally have someone that can uh, some, somewhat keep up with McDavid in his game speed, so uh, it's pretty cool for them. And Athens CU can't be happier, just like Mike Green. Um, and um, I believe his first game with the Oilers, even though they lost, uh, McDavid had two points and Athens CU had two points and they played together on the line. So, uh, Next Oilers trade, again, another guy coming over, scored a goal in his debut, and that's Tyler Ennis in exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Uh, he's just said, again, another UFA, end of the season, so kind of a low-risk, high-reward type thing. And uh, I actually did watch that Oilers game, and I thought Tyler Ennis was one of the best players on the ice. He was he was absolutely flying out there. He looked he looked incredible. He looked like Tyler Ennis did at uh, Boston College, I believe. When I used to watch him in college, he was absolutely electric. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks like he's gonna fit right in. Also playing with McDavid and Athens CU that night. So uh, yeah, Edmonton giving up a couple picks, uh, but they're getting players that can help him out this year and make him have a run to the cup because. Uh, once you get players like McDavid and uh, Drysdale in the playoffs, I mean anything can happen. So uh, we'll see what ha- we'll see what uh, it ends up with. Yeah, exactly. The uh, next trade again, somewhat significant. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquire forward Connor Sheely, kind of Sheery reuniting in Pittsburgh, and Evan Rodriguez along with Sheery, and they send over Dominic Kahn to Buffalo. Uh, again, another couple depth guys for Pittsburgh. I like the move. Sheery's been there. Sheery's won cup with them before. And uh, Rodriguez is, uh, I say, somewhat underrated, uh, very undersized, but a speedy, quick, skilled little winger. So uh, I do, I do like the move. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna hop right in, fit right in with all the players. Obviously, um, Shiri has been there before, so uh, he knows what to do. He knows um, what, like every situation, like what the pain was like to do. So um, should be easy for him. And as with Rodriguez, I mean, just a, just a guy to fill in some spots. 
um, the bottom six. So um, the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking very strong for another Stanley Cup uh, Stanley Cup playoff run. Um, and it's a dangerous thing to see. Now, it's not often at the deadline you see teams trading for goaltender depth, I guess you could say, but that's exactly what Vegas did. They acquired Robin Lanner, the pending UFA, from the Blackhawks for Malcolm Subban, uh, Slava Demin, and a 2020 second-round pick. Uh, I said the Blackhawks get a prospect, a pick, and then potentially the backup goalie of their future. Who knows? But uh, I said the Vegas gets goaltending depth moving down. Flurry's had injury issues so far this year. So uh, if they come up again, uh, Laner's more than capable of playing at a very high level and still gives them a chance come playoff time. Yeah, Laner, I would say he's legit number one, especially what he did in the Islanders last year. Uh, this, just some of the saves he makes is unbelievable. And um, his, like, his play this year even speaks for itself. And uh, yeah, Vegas, I love this move by Vegas just because uh, Subban, uh, he's, he's struggled throughout his career to be consistent. And uh, if they have Lehner and Flurry in that, I mean, they really don't care who they can put in that. They're both, uh, they think they can win win the game. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a good pick for Vegas. And the, they're bulking up for the playoffs as well. The uh, next trade actually somewhat noticeable. I didn't really see coming. I don't think many did. Neither of these guys' names really thrown around too much in trade talks. But Devin Shore heads over to Columbus in exchange for Sonny Milano. Uh, Sonny Milano had a lot of promise and then kind of a rough start to his NHL career. Didn't really make it up to the to the NHL as soon as he would like, but uh, I think he's settled in nicely. He had the uh, overtime winner in his first game as a duck, which is good for him. Uh, I do think Anaheim wins this trade, but uh, I guess kind of, again, kind of a fresh start thing for uh, both players. Yeah, I believe he had the overtime winner and as well as like the game's opening goal. I think he had two goals that game. Um, so, yeah. I mean, California. I think that's where Sonny Milano's uh, alley. I think like you just like look at him. He's like you think he's a California kid, so uh, he's probably happy to be there. And um, the Anaheim Ducks are not going to make the playoffs this year, but um, next couple of years, they with all the prospects they have in their lineup, uh, they can definitely make some noise. Yeah, they're loaded on picks and prospects. We talked about that in previous episodes. The uh, next trade, another similar to the Florida one with Carolina, another team in an intense playoff race with Carolina. The New York Rangers send defenseman Brady Shea to Carolina for a 2020 first-round pick. Now, as a Rangers fan, I understand the move. You got a lot. Of, you're going to have capages coming up, especially with resigning Kreider. Uh, D'Angelo is going to be a free agent. Strom's going to be a free agent. Jesper Foss will be a free agent. So all those guys are going to need contracts, and uh, I just. As Brady Shea was a solid player, but I, I don't think he's lived up to the deal he's had. I think he's making a little bit too much money for uh, for what he's been producing, and the Rangers were able to move him and still get a first-round pick out of it. So I can't say I love or hate the deal yet. I think Brady Shea still has a lot of potential moving forward. Uh, I'm really not a fan of Lindy Ruff, and I think he kind of diminished Brady's game in a lot of ways. But uh, Carolina gets a guy that's locked up through the 2024 season, that 5.4 mil a year, and uh, just needed defensive depth for them. And I said, it's too early on one of these trades to say whether or not we like to move or not. Yeah, definitely. I don't think this trade would have happened if uh, the Rangers uh, didn't, like, they didn't see what's going to happen with uh, Fox and D'Angelo this year. So uh, that was a good surprise for them. And uh, yeah, just um, as for Carolina, I mean, I'd love this for Carolina. They're, even though they're giving away a pick, um, a first-round pick, I mean, they're bolstering their defense, which uh, now is like a very, very good top four, I believe. 
and uh, something they need because they do give up a lot of goals. And uh, obviously, they're in the playoffs post for the Rangers. They're, they're tied in points this year. So uh, I don't know if they play each other the rest of the year, but if they do play each other, it'd be a great game to watch. Staying on the Carolina trend, they also acquired defenseman Sammy Votnin from New Jersey in exchange for Freddie Clayson, a 2020 fourth-round pick, and Jan Kukinen. Uh Freddie Clayson's a veteran defenseman. Uh, Kukinen, interesting player. Uh, don't really see him making uh, too big an impact for the Devils, but you know uh, there, there's potential there. He's definitely someone that, 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 that could have an impact on the team at some point. Uh, 2020 conditional fourth round pick, uh, and then also New Jersey retaining 50% of the salary. So, uh, Carolina is just loading up on defensemen right now. Vatnin and Shate the deadline. They also get Trocheck. Uh, they're probably the most improved team in my opinion at the deadline. Yeah, I think they needed to do this. Um, they're bolstered defense because like their goaltending is very iffy right now, especially with the two injuries they have to their, their starter goalie and their backup. So getting a better defensive core is was huge for them this deadline because I know they're going to have to play tough defense the rest of the way out to make the playoffs with their injuries. So, yeah, I mean, they're definitely making a push for the playoffs, and um, I'm excited for them to make it. I mean, they made it last year, and uh, they turned a lot ahead to the, around the NHL. Uh, moving on to the next trade, we have Barclay Goodrow going to Tampa Bay along with a 2020 third round pick for a 2020 first round pick and forward Anthony Greco so interesting move here I was very shocked that the return that uh Barclay Goodrow got if you're San Jose you would absolutely love this trade right now uh I mean this is again I thought the Blake Coleman move was Tampa Bay going all in but willing to go up a first in this trade I they're pretty much say and they've been pretty bad as of late too I believe they've lost four in a row so this is a mesmerizing trade for me. It still doesn't make much sense that Tampa Bay was willing to give up that much, but this is this is all in, pushing every all your chips to the center of the table. One year, this is this is this is it. Yeah, definitely. They know. Um, I, I Sam Coase isn't getting any younger. Uh, they do have a lot of young, good core players. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, out of the last like couple seasons they've had, like the fact they don't have a Stanley Cup in that those last few seasons is crazy. And I believe, I mean. I would not be shocked if they don't win the cup this year. We see a GM change, or or something like a coaching change, or something like something has to change if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, um, because they are like you said, all in. And they we thought they were all in last year too, and then they got swept in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, next trade's kind of interesting. It sent Christian Juice over to Anaheim in exchange for forward Daniel Sprong. Juice did win a cup with Washington, but uh, has kind of regressed since then. He spent a decent amount of the year in Hershey this year in the American League. But uh, again, Daniel Sprong showed promise with Pittsburgh and ended up getting moved to Anaheim, where he played good there for a little while, but then kind of was unable to keep up the consistent numbers, but uh, kind of a fresh start thing for both teams. Washington gets some forward depth heading into playoffs, and uh, Anaheim gets a, a skilled on defenseman that still has a lot more to prove. I like the deal for both teams. Capitals and another team that's struggling that we thought would be uh, cruising at this point uh, with their players. But yeah, Anaheim, like we talked about earlier, they're loading up on younger players in the picks they have. Um, they're not trying to win this year, obviously. They can't, but... Uh, next couple of years, uh, they're definitely trying to make a move, and what the moves they're making right now are are for like three years in the future. So, uh, hopefully, it works out for them. Uh, it's been a while for their fan base. 
the uh, next trade is really the last one worth mentioning that happened, uh, and that's Nick Cousins going over to Vegas in exchange for a 2021 fourth-round pick. And uh, again, it's just forward depth for Vegas. Uh, you can really never have too much depth going into playoffs. They made a bunch of moves. Uh, currently the best team in the uh, Pacific Division, but that division is so close. Who knows? They're on a, a great winning streak right now. I want to say it's six games. Uh, UFA at the end of the year only had to go up a fourth, and uh, I said just, just forward depth. I, kind of, I like to move both ways again. Yeah, definitely. If you, if you don't have to give up that much, I mean, obviously it's a good good uh, trade to get a player into your lineup without giving anything away, so you just, you're just getting better. That's exactly what they need heading into the playoffs this year. Uh, other than that, that's pretty much all the notable trades. Do you have anything else you want to mention before we uh, sign off? Uh, no, just uh, a lot of prospects moving around those trades. Uh, it's hard to keep up with all of them, and a lot of picks going out of the way, which we'll definitely talk about before the trade, uh, the, before the draft this year. So, yeah, exactly. There was so many picks going back and forth, so the uh, the draft board's a bit shaken up. It was a it was a fun trade deadline. It always is. There was people going everywhere, and uh, you know they're getting ready for playoffs. And at least for me, and I assume most hockey fans, it's the uh, best time of the year. So I'm looking forward to it. So uh, that wraps up the episode, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back with episode nine in uh, about two weeks or so. Yep, um, it's been a lot of fun, like bringing you guys these podcasts every every couple of weeks. Um, it's a lot of fun talking about hockey, sport we love. So uh, I'm very excited keep it going and uh we'll see you in a week or two